Guilty movie pleasure fans, a dapper British man once said, manners maketh man. Because today we are talking Kingsman the Secret Service. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's guilty movie pleasure. Just, nope. Worst, I can't even do the dance today. Ben declared that to be the worst Ah, intro he's ever done. Well, I think, if I remember right, last week was the best intro I've ever done. So peaks and valleys here at Guilty You know, we just want to keep... We want to keep me humble. Yep. And, uh, you're, but uh, you're doing it yourself, I guess. <laughs> I want to keep, no myself, one tells you what to I do. keep myself humble. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Guilty Movie Pleasures this week. I'm Ben Begley, and with me, as always, is Jesse McIntosh. I'm Jesse McIntosh. Yeah, What's up? Yeah, I like to, world. I like to confuse you with whether or not I'm going to say your name or you have yeah, to say it. Yeah, it's a nice, it. there's like a, Brief ellipses. I could. We're it like right in between. It was like two two dots. Jesse, man, you go for it. Yep. yep okay. Yep. All right. Well, welcome everybody. Today, in honor of Kingsman: The Golden Circle coming out this Friday, we are talking Kingsman: The Secret Service. Which, before anybody, holy shit! All right, if I get a comment on the YouTube channel or on Twitter that says this is not guilty, not guilty at all, I already tweeted out. I don't think this movie is guilty. To. Over under two people say at it. At least. Because like, no one's going to watch it. No one's going to watch. They just see it. Yep. Kingsman pissed. is a guilty movie pleasure, and they're just going to freak out. There are absurd elements, but it's supposed to be absurd. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to me guilty about it. Now you're probably wondering, well, why are you talking about it on Guilty Movie Pleasures? Because every once in a while, we just want to talk about something that's batshit crazy and awesome, and that deserves more people to see it than already have. Uh, and then other times we just break the rules, like when we've done Die Hard for Christmas sometimes before. That's a perfect action film. Every once in a while we need to just take a break and talk about something amazing. Because this movie, to me, rewatching it, I will say I saw it in theaters and I loved it. I didn't know what to expect. I, I loved First Class. I loved uh, Kick-Ass. I was a big fan of Matthew Vaughn. And then I saw this and the church uh, battle scene was one of the most shock still to this day is one of the most shocking action sequences I've ever seen. It was I was watching it in theaters with my wife and I was like, holy fuck, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it's one of the most batshit fun spy movies I've seen ever. And rewatching it last night, I realized it's nearly, in my opinion, nearly perfect in, in its execution of what it's trying to be. And of basically being a Bond, an old classic Bond film turned up to eleven. And I really dig this movie. So there's nothing guilty about it. I just wanted to talk about it because it's awesome. And it has some ridiculous moments that could fall under guilty if it was another movie. Sure. Sure. That sure. makes sense. There you go. What do you think, Jesse? Uh, You've never seen this. I'd never seen it. But I also just want to reiterate what Ben said, that this is our goddamn show. And we'll do whatever we want. I don't. Feel, <laughs> I don't feel that strongly about it, but I just. What if, I think it's funny. What if every week we started getting more aggressive? Like, hey, hey, hey! Fuck off! Listen N- here. Next week I'm doing <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> fuck you! It's guilty. I just just start picking. Yeah. Really like clear like all just hitting all of the AFI top 100 on our show just to piss people <laughs> are off. they doing citizen kane this week why would they do fucking that? rosebud yeah. <laughs> remember that scene with the i've never actually seen citizen kane i'm an asshole I'm, you know what you're not alone oh, other people in this world have i know not i need seen to as well I, the ending's been spoiled it's like watching you know sixth sense and knowing about bruce willis i won't say it just in case oh you can say it people if you haven't seen sixth sense by now yeah, there's certain movies where there's like a cap Sure. Like, Renee hasn't seen The Usual Suspects yet, and I've hinted at Kaiser Sose, and she's still just... I think that's a big enough thing that you really have to understand the context of the film to know the spoiler. Oh, sure. Um, I also, like, at this point, those movies, I can't rewatch alone. I have to rewatch them with someone who hasn't seen it, because yeah. then it's, like, re-experiencing oh, the yeah. film. Because um, otherwise, you're just like... <laughs> yeah. But it's so amazing, but... Anyway, so that's yeah. No, but that's our list moving forward. Yep. Uh, Usual AFI. Suspects, Shawshank Redemption, Citizen Six, Kane, Citizen in whatever Kane. order you want, because we're not... We're not tyrants. No, no, we'll let you vote. Yeah. So what did you think? <laughs> yeah, now, did you have any interest? How did you miss it? Is this in your yeah. wheelhouse? Like what? It, it is a little bit. It, I, I don't know for whatever reason when it came out in theaters, it was under my radar, and I'm not sure why. And it wasn't until it was out of theaters that I had heard so many people talking about it. And... I think the key here that I'm realizing is that you have a life and do other things other than see movies, and mm. and I pretty much fill my free time with like. When Renee's like, hey, you should go do something else. I'm like, 
yeah, but I have two hours. I'm going to go to a movie. <laughs> so, so. Um, well, uh, whether or not I have a life is currently under investigation. So we'll, <laughs> I can't speak on it you, at this your house is wired particular down, moment. So yeah, it's, yeah. The- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's some legal ramifications if you do talk about it. Um, but I do uh, – I so I heard the glowing reviews about this movie, and it was always something that I wanted to see, and it was never something that either was, like, on the top of my list when I was ready to sit down and watch a movie or mm-hmm. just for some reason I missed it. Yeah. Um, so and actually my <laughs> wife had seen it, and she told me how great it was. Nice. And I was like, all right, well, you know. That's always tough when, like, when your significant other has seen a movie that – you really wanted to see like for me i will watch it but renee like i saw ex machina and a few other amazing films without her and she still hasn't to this day seen him because she's just like well you already saw it so anytime i bring it out i'm like i'll watch it again she's like you already saw it i'm like yeah but it's fucking awesome so here's here's the moral there is you should start lying to renee about what you do in your free time so that you can enjoy things together just i've been going to a lot of yoga and then she'll be like why aren't you more why can't you touch your toes yet say it's not working it's just yoga doesn't work yoga doesn't work doesn't work for everybody that's uh, proof proof in the pudding before we go and just piss off all yoga people Mm -hmm. it does actually work there's a huge crossover between our audience and yoga enthusiasts they play our podcast at some yoga class that's a fact when when it's people who are they're really trying to focus yep. and and tune out annoying things, they play our show. Tell us we're wrong. As you a can't. Test. You can't. You haven't been to every yoga class. You, you don't know. So what do you think of the movie? Uh, watching it now after all the buildup because there there yeah. wasn't a lot of hype when I saw it, but you've had a ton of hype. I've had a ton of hype, and I fucking loved this movie. Yes, this is an amazing movie. Yes. I'm like, so, I get so happy when yeah. we're on the same page because sometimes we're not, and I like that too. But it's just more fun when we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. this movie's awesome, isn't the it? Only thing that sucks about this what? movie is Samuel L. Jackson's lisp. No, no, you think so? Yeah. Oh, see, I rewatching it, I love his lisp because otherwise, knowing Sam Jackson, it would have just been. Sure. He would have been a more badass villain, and his villain is the epitome of not badass. It's like if. If um, Mark Zuckerberg decided to destroy the population with this kind of device. Uh-huh. So that's why I like that he had this quirky, weird vulnerability and like his aversion to violence and the vomiting. I knew as soon as it happened, that, I, I laughed like so hard because I was like, Jesse's going to be pissed. Oh, I wasn't pissed. I just knew that I, was. But that was one <laughs> of the most well-earned vomits on screen. I guess it was. So the last like five minutes of the movie uh, a lot of things happen where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like the well, vomit and the ass fucking, oh, we'll like out of it. nowhere. Oh, well, we'll get to that. But, but I think, yeah, we can. I, to me, I think that was, and the director even said this that uh, it's it's making fun of Bond movies. How they he always bangs a girl at the end of a Bond movie back in the '60s and '70s, and then they took that to like eleven. So instead of just like. Uh, in in um, Die Another Day, uh, or not Die Another Day, The World Is Not Enough, um, Pierce Brosnan's Bond, and he's having sex with Christmas Jones, or whatever her name was. Her name was Christmas something. And uh-huh. he's like, and they, they've just, they're post coitus, and he's like, um, I'm disappointed. I was told Christmas only comes, tw- uh, I'm, I was disappointed. I, I was told Christmas only comes once a year. And so it's like insinuating he just made her orgasm a right. bunch of times. And so. They're making fun of that kind of sexual innuendo, but just making it very blunt and butt sex. Sure, sure. And <laughs> so, it's, I, I just mean, like, in the context of the movie. It comes out of nowhere. Like, he, yeah. so he has this, like, partner in crime going through the... Who you um, kind of think might be his love interest. Right, and there's no chemistry, and they never make mention of anything between the two of them. But then he, like, all of a sudden turns a into point. Romeo when he meets this imprisoned princess. It would have been cool to have a little bit of a Money Penny vibe with her. Like Bond and Money Penny in the new ones flirt a lot. It would be cool to have yeah. even like a even if it's just a fun flirty vibe. Yeah, just some banter. Yeah. But they didn't even have that. They were just like The the one thing rewatching it I would say is that Roxy his his kind of partner gets kind of sidelined, especially in the end when they literally just kind of fly her away. Yeah. And make her sure her scene is cool shooting a uh, satellite out of space, but she doesn't get to do anything. I don't even know if she's in the sequel. I hope so because I think she's 
She's cool, but I don't think so. I yeah. don't think she's gonna be. Well, and and also like it was kind of strange to me, and that we can get into all of this later. But like it was strange that she had such a like specific vulnerability as far as. And then that's the thing they choose to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like if if you're choosing one person out of everyone in the world to be a kingsman, mm-hmm. like you could probably find someone that didn't have a fear, a fear of, of something yeah. that you're gonna have to do. But all she the conquered time. it. In that she moment. sure did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, um, so the tone of it and everything. What? Uh, so other than the lisp. Yeah, the the list was how weird. great so are the action all, scenes, man? Oh, they're so they're amazing. They're just, so well shot. They're and some s- of the best action scenes I've seen in like ten years. They're just fascinating because they're 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 the right amount of campy but still badass. Like when we talked about Machete and how the action scenes just get too campy to the point where it's not like well choreographed anymore. Yeah. These are incredibly well choreographed. They have like hints of classic comedies to them when they speed up and slow down, and and there's just. There's such a style to this where a lot of action films nowadays are just shaky, shaky, shaky. I can't see what the fuck's happening. And this, specifically the church scene, which we were going to show you, but then we're not sure if it's way too violent for popcorn talk. So just watch the Kingsman in church uh, shootout craziness. Um, the, the director's cut of our podcast is going to go. contain yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that scene alone, they make it look like it's all one shot, even though they hide some edits there. But it's it's directed so well the action sequence it's it's such a cool mix of like everything that makes an action sequence great you talked about the handheld like there is a shaky cam and there is like slow down and speed up and there is um but it's not paul green but it's not but it's all you can consume everything in it Mm -hmm. and there is that that element that you talked about of like this feels like one shot and there is like cool utilization of weapons and gymnastics and yeah. karate and like all types of weapons like it's just everything that you can appreciate out of an ac- action sequence and specifically a spy movie oh too. totally yeah yeah so i mean i th- i thought the action sequences um like they could have made the movie it could have been a shitty movie with cool action yeah. sequences but i thought it was just a really nice compliment to a really well done movie yeah it's everything and i think that the flipping the spy movie on its head and making it about this kind of cockney um rough and tough kid that becomes a spy instead of this polished gentleman because the bond movies are basically the hairy hearts of the world becoming bond you know and to have that and to have this message of like you are you're better than what you're born into you're better than where uh what you've been raised in and your surroundings you can transcend and it's not about talking more um proper or anything like that it's just about carrying yourself and, and being he said something really great that i meant to write down where he said that uh a true, uh, the the true wisdom or something is being comfortable in your own skin or something like that. It was great. I'll, I'll remember it at some point. But um, I dig this oh, movie can't wait. so fucking much, and um, it just it never verges on spoofing spy movies either. It just kind of has its own style, and that's why it's not a spoof. Like it, it has all the gadgets that all the classic Bond movies do, but then it does it with its own twist. That that just is so fun. But let's do the plot in under three minutes. This is obviously going to be a love fest for this movie because it's fucking great. So you ready in the booth sir, for the three minutes, Steve? All right. So we have a prologue. I believe it's in 1997 where they're going into battle, uh, one of the final training rounds, and we find out that Colin Firth is there as Harry Hart and um, and Merlin, and we have uh, Eggsy's father gets killed in battle. He sacrifices himself to save Colin Firth. Uh, Eggsy's given this pin saying, hey, if you ever need anything, and the mom's like, I don't need anything. I want my husband back, and she leaves. Cut to he's now, is an adult, and he's kind of a rough rough and tumble kid, and um, oh, no, no, cut to the... Yeah, the, so the, the professor. The, the professor, the, yes. The professor yeah. is kidnapped, and uh, the one of the Kingsmen comes in to save the professor and he uh cuts up all the guys who are like yeah Yeah. who who are keeping him uh hostage and then the samuel l jackson's woman comes in yep and she fights him and kills him and then the kingsmen have a funeral and they're like we got to replace this guy yep and then that's where we are intro to eggsy now where his his mom stayed in this real jerk and he has a creepy brother or something that's hanging around it's real weird real weird and he has these bully kids that are picking on him and all this stuff so he steals the car he ends up saving the cat for real which we'll get into in that moment crash into another cop car he gets taken to jail then he calls the number and immediately he's let out of prison Colin Firth uh, Harry Hart comes and picks him up starts saying hey we're gonna train you he goes and there's these dickheads there there's the the kids from uh, all the Oxford and all these other hoity-toity Ivy Leagues and he's just a, a kid that maybe graduated high school and they're introducing the beds are drowning him and oh and so uh, the, and 
and uh, one of the kids the knows beds that are drowning. the beds are drowning. <laughs> one of the kids realized that uh, you, you can breathe out of the toilet if you take the shower head and make a suction. Um, and then Eggsy, Eggsy punches through the uh, double window, and that's their first test, and one of the people died. Um, but we find out later they didn't yeah, really yeah, die. Yeah. Yeah. So then, oh, shit. Um, um, uh, then, oh, then Harry Hart starts finding out that the, he goes and finds the professor, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill. His head explodes. They're like, what happened? Harry's under in a, co- in a coma for a little bit. Then there's more training sequences. They get a dog. Um, uh, he meets Samuel L. Jackson. He goes to, he, he like, he wakes up, d- meets donates Samuel to the gala. Jackson. He yeah. meets Samuel L. Jackson. They Samuel L. Jackson decides. A private meal over McDonald's. Yep, and they're like, they're both feeling each other out. They both sort of know what's going on. Samuel L. Jackson goes to the tailor. They have that same moment again. He, they're both spying on each other. Yep. Um, and then he goes to the church that Samuel L. Jackson has been targeting. So he goes to the church and. Uh, they turn on the device that yep. all the SIM cards could, because Samuel Jackson Valentine's character has given everybody free SIM cards, free internet, free cell phone service because it's all part of this this uh, world population yep. control. And it makes thing. them very aggressive and it shuts off their ability to care about it. And so, so they, they all murder. kill each other. Yep. Um, and then, uh, fuck. Harry gets shot in the yep. face. Okay, Harry gets shot in the face. Yep. Eggsy's pissed off. Uh, 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 then Merlin realizes that it's just him and Roxy and Eggsy are the only ones because Michael Caine was uh, was put under the and control. And Eggsy, Eggsy switches Eggsy the poison. Switches the poison and he, and he, dies. Yeah, he dies. Then they go to the big snow mountain base. They have an awesome shootout with a bunch of soldiers. Gazelle and him are, and, and Eggsy are fighting while Roxy's trying to shoot the satellite out of space, blows it up. They bring over another satellite. People start murdering each other he uh kills gazelle by cutting her with the poison and then he throws the the gazelle's leg into samuel jackson and says this ain't that kind of movie bro and then he goes and fucks a girl in the butt and then we see him beat up his stepdad in the end yeah fucks a girl in the butt <laughs> i think there's a better way i could have nope, put that nope. that's the only way you could have i mean have as accurately as possible i guess so i guess so let's get into this because we got a lot to cover and i want to make sure we do all right let's do uh, it. so we start off um the opening's a great way to show the stakes of the movie that this movie is going to be campy and fun and and ridiculous but there is death on the line there are lives on the line kingsman is a dangerous um service and i love the rescue scene you pulled a sound clip from the guy talking to the professor about how great the whiskey was and i've never heard a whiskey quite described this way can we play clip number one honestly this whiskey it's amazing you will shit. <laughs> I've never. I, I get. <laughs> see, um, I've had uh, I've had like life cereal uh, described that way. Like, yeah. honestly, this cereal is amazing. You will shit. Yeah. But I've never heard a whiskey described that way. And I guess maybe that's just because you drink shitty whiskey. I guess, I, yeah, I guess it's either it, shitty whiskey or the whiskey will make you make shit. Make you shit. Something whiskey is shit involved yeah. in some way. <laughs> I just. I mean, bullet bourbon, I think, is pretty good, but I've never shit after No, you're it. wrong, because you haven't shit after I've it. had acid reflux. Since I turned 30, there's a lot of acid reflux in there. Yeah. But I don't even have an improv with that or a, a true story. Right. Because it's so specific, but I, it's one of my favorite sound clips ever. Just because you said that, I have a true story, but it's not based around this sound clip yeah. at all. But uh, the first time I got, like, significant heartburn was on a booze cruise in Cancun, and it was a pirate ship theme. And so there was, like, the, a pirate show on the ship, and, like, they were giving – everything was free, so yeah. they were just giving out free – they were just coming by and handing you stuff, and oh, they yeah. were just drinking it. Um, and, like, by the time we got to the portion where it was, like, the pirates had the battle, and then all of a sudden it was, like, techno music, and there was a dance party in the middle of the ship. Like, as soon as that techno music hit, I thought I was going to have a heart attack, and I was – I felt like I was going to die and I was on a boat and there was nowhere I could go. Yeah. And it was, I was just like overwhelmed with techno music and I couldn't do anything. I had to like go up top. Um, like we were on deck, but there was like a second level yeah. to on deck where you could look down on it. Yeah. So I went up there and just like lay down on a bench for the last half hour while everyone like had drunken dance. Orgies. And then a guy came over to calm you down yep. with a great glass of whiskey. He sure and did. Said, Honestly, this whiskey, it's amazing. You will shit. And he said, maybe that's what I need to get it out of my system. I don't want anything else. I don't want anything else. I just want to sleep. How good is this first spy battle? So he shows up like Bond, and then instantly we're shown that this is going to be a different kind of spy movie, where it's ultra-violent and take no prisoners, but still has that fun kind of gadgetry to it. The fact that he just opens the door and blasts a dude with a silencer like seven times, yeah. <laughs> point blank. And like starts she's shooting a, people through him. like just guy's finger it. off. Yeah. Shoots another guy in the head and then grabs the whiskey. It reminds me of that moment in in Skyfall where Bond jumps from the wrecking train and then fixes his cufflink. Yeah. It's just there's this awesome 
debonair quality to these spies that, like, even in the most difficult of circumstances, they still have ultimate composure. Sure. It's, it was also so important, both in that scene and the, like, flashback scene in 97, that we see a Kingsman die. Yeah. Like, that, I can't overstate yeah. how important that was for this movie, to, like, show you that they're not invincible, yeah. and this is, like, like you said earlier, it gives it stakes. Like, they, because these are important, but extremely dangerous jobs. Otherwise, they're super, they're super right. human. They're and hu- especially yeah. when they make you believe that that there's a lot of red, um, a lot not red herrings. There's a lot of um, fake outs that happen during the training that make you think, oh shit, the 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 other girl died, she drowned. Right. Oh man, there's no parachute. Oh, they had to kill the dog, and then all of that you realize is just a mental game. Or oh, you're gonna get run over by by the train. And I'm just glossing over that because it's it's important, but um, we'll get to it. But right. and and I think that that even every time when I first saw it. I, I didn't know that it was going to be a trick. I never caught on. I don't know if I was dumb, but I just was... They did it so well that each escalating thing until the reveal of the dog, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, did you think she was really dead until the dog reveal? Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So you, and, like, that's that's what sets the training up, is that's the first test, and someone dies. So you're basically, like... You're on, yeah. They, like, the way they're eliminating people is killing them. This is going to be survival yeah. of the fittest, and if you can survive if you can literally stay alive then you are a member of the king's yeah yeah which is crazy yeah and then it's such a great reveal because it's kind of fucked up at first when you're like oh shit they just like murdered an innocent 20 something right woman like what the hell but then the the reveal makes it that much better um anyways so because it gives you the stakes but then it makes you feel better about yourself later on in a in a justified way um what's the lovely sound clip is that that's not for a while is it which one number two uh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. What's number two? I've had a rather emotional oh, shit. day. So whatever Damn it. I skipped away ahead. Yeah. Here, cut it, cut it. Sorry. I lied. Okay, so um, Sam Jackson comes in with his lisp. Now let's talk about this. Why didn't you like his lisp? It was so it was so put on. It was I loved it. It was so The first time I saw it, I thought it was a little put on, and then the second time I, I really just went with it. It's a combination of things. One I'm keep double fist in my sprite yeah, and coffee. Dude, which no one's ever Ben drink, is drinking sprite, sprite and, coffee and coffee right coffee. now, by the way. Um you know, keeping it, it classic. That because we need something in here that's a guilty pleasure. Manners make it man, <laughs> and and this is manners right here. Um that's why I'm not drinking anything because we need a balance. <laughs> Of weird stuff defense, and nothing. In my defense, the water still tastes like poison to me. Yeah, so... Anyways, maybe it's just my mouth. Okay, um, so... So, okay, so a couple of things with Sam Jackson. Because we're one, seven minutes into the film. Yeah, one, <laughs> one uh, his lisp wasn't super, cons- like, I don't want to say consistent, but there were just, like, when he wasn't lisping, he was Sam Jacksoning, and so it didn't, like, create a character. I think it felt like something where he was like, I'm gonna do a lisp to differentiate me from Sam Jackson. But when he wasn't lisping, he was in his Sam Jackson I guess I feel mode. like there's only a couple times he dipped into Sam Jackson mode. And for me it was refreshing to at least have seventy five percent of a performance not Sam Jackson. Well so mode. and I don't I don't remember specifically what his performance was in Unbreakable, but he played a similar similarly like meek character, right? Yeah, I gotta I gotta rewatch it because I love. Or was him he just? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. He was. Let's just. I felt like he was, but he's always. Maybe great. I'm remembering it. He's always great, but it was cool for me. I I just I enjoyed the shit out of that. He was chewing up the scenery in a Bond villain type way, and th- like I said, though the first time it, it threw me off a little, but the second time I I think because I was prepared for it, I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go with it. I also wonder. I and I should have obviously looked all of this up beforehand, but Javier Bardem in the Bond movie that he was in, I don't remember which yeah. one was it. That was Spectre. Uh, uh, oh my God, Spectre! I think no, no, no. It was Skyfall, wasn't it? Ah, uh, they all blend blend They've, together. They blended together for me, but um, but he played his villain like very effeminately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know which came first, but I wonder if this was if they're like truly True. borrowing from Bond. Yeah, maybe if he is borrowing a little bit from we Javier get, Bardem. We'll, we'll figure that out. I'm we sure will. somebody will tweet at we us. We will. Right now. But it was to me, it was more distracting than it was like. Uh, what I think he probably intended, which was uh, character-defining. See, I guess, and, and like I said, I don't remember, I remember slightly being thrown off at first, but then I just, the second time I just went with it, and I loved it. Sure. So maybe it's maybe it's like, maybe also if you go in expecting a Sam Jackson performance and you get that, you might be a little like, huh. 
Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Right. They also so, like, and this is not Sam Jackson's fault, but maybe they could have cast someone not Sam Jackson, who's I a still, little meeker. I still love him. Yeah. I, I mean, there he brings something that other people can't bring. But like, His, if you're going for meek, maybe the not idea, Sam Jackson. The concept of of this guy being having a, such a severe aversion of violence even though he's causing the most violent behavior, yeah. is such a cool twist to his character. And the fact that Gazelle, which I love that her name's Gazelle. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen this movie, she has literal knife feet, blades for feet. I would feet. love to know how she keeps those sharp, because she walks on those. I think if I saw it right, what happens is they basically retract into like the little yeah. uh, scoop things, and then when she can kick them out to... Stab and slice. Yeah, because they're so sharp. Super they're sharp. The, maybe the sharpest material. Because we on didn't Earth. even talk about how the Kingsman dies in the beginning. All of a sudden, something flashes, and then he splits down the middle. Yeah. So it, her blades are sharp enough to cut through bone, brain matter, muscles, spine yep. down the middle. Yeah, without effort. Her blades are Mortal Kombat fatality strong. I'm sure her legs, her muscles are strong, strong but. Yes. But, like, it took no effort to slice him Zero. down the middle. It took like, about as much as me, butter. like, ripping this piece of paper, which I won't because it has my notes Don't do on it. That's destructive. Don't do it. That's just destructive. I'm going to keep Come it. Come on, Ben. So um, we find out that there's a bioweapon that's been stolen. There's something going on. Uh, there's been some, the, some hints of it tried out in little villages. We don't know exactly yet. They're debating Harry's replacement. Or, um, they debate, um, I forget the guy's name. Lancelot. 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 Lancelot's replacement. And then Eggsy's introduced in the world's worst living conditions. And like I said, he has like the dad and then like the, the or the stepdad like hints at having a three way with his mom with like this creepy dude that's just sitting in the corner. It's the worst. So and this... the poor baby in the pack and play. Now that I'm a dad, like I'm really affected by sure. children in, dis- in distress. And that baby in that circumstance, I'm so glad that they redeem it by the end because it's just like. It's an awful place for a child. Yeah, but also, like, this is another thing the movie just fucking nailed, was in the beginning when we meet this family. Yeah. It's a nice it's a family. Nice, yeah. And then how the death of the father derailed yeah. both of their situations, like, was a really cool yeah. and, I mean, subtle in so much that they didn't reference it, but very overt yeah. fashion for both of them. Because otherwise, really cool. if it was just a mom like, oh, where are you going? It, it, it built stakes into his relationship with her and, and wanting to get out of that and... The, the awesome antagonism with him and the bullies, and then when he steals the car, and like I said, we've talked a lot about the writing term save the cat. This movie literally saves the cat, <laughs> where he's he's being chased backwards after stealing the dickhead guy in the bar's car, the son of his stepdad, um, and he's being chased in an awesome reverse uh, car chase, where he's going in reverse and the cops are in front of him, and they're waving like I used to wave to people in the back of our Volvo with the seats yeah, in the back. Yeah. I don't know if you had this. We had a station wagon as kids with the seats in the back trunk, and we'd sit in the back and on the freeway, we'd wave to people. And at first on the car ride, they'd be like, hey, and they think it's cute. But then like an hour and a half later, when we're still like, they're like, oh, fucking come on, kids. Yeah. Just do something else Could other than wave at us. Go to a rest stop or something. <laughs> yeah. Please, let us get around you. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so they, when he's going in reverse, he sees a cat in the road and literally swerves out of the way and slams into a car. Doesn't let the cat die. Which is, in writing terms, is is showing the hero doing something redeemable so that even if they're an anti-hero, we side with them. And then he lets his friends leave, too, and then he crashes into the cop car. Mm-hmm. And then he calls from the, the badge, the number, and Harry shows up. And then things start rolling from there. And I think the thing that this movie really does well is it combines the training montages with character development in between and furthering the villain plot with Harry as well. Because... Yeah. A lot of times, movies like this, they come to a full stop and do like a 10-minute super-fast training montage. And this one really lets you get to know the people that are trying out, for the most part, like the main three, the Charlie, Roxy, and, and um, Eggsy. You get to know the main three, and you get to really see the shit they got to go through instead of just like, hey, we're going to train and shoot stuff. You know, like I feel like yeah. we always get skimped out on why this all happens. But I forgot the bar fight first. Yeah. Because let's play that clip. Clip number two, the bar fight is fantastic. Yep, that's, that's the, one. the one. I've had a rather emotional day. So whatever your beef with Eggsy is, and I'm sure it's well-founded, I'd appreciate it enormously if you could just leave us in peace until I finish this lovely pint of Guinness. So good. Yeah. And then they say, you know, fuck off, old man, or whatever. And then he goes and locks the door and says, manners maketh man. And then uses his umbrella to scoop a beer mug up, clocks him in the face. And then one of the craziest fight scenes 
I'd ever seen up until now happens, where he punches a guy's tooth out, and it slow motion moves, and the other guy dodges it. He shoots an electric uh, uh, like dart into another guy's neck. Or uh, there's all kinds of crazy shit that yeah. happens. It's awesome. And then the to cap it all off, when the bartender comes out and he's like, "What?" <laughs> and then he gives him the amnesia dart yeah. into the neck. It's so good. But it's just it's that was my favorite the, part. The bulletproof umbrella. Yeah. And then switching it to stun and basically shooting a hockey puck at the guy's face and flipping because it's it, the physics of this movie is just wacky enough that it's. That the violence when it happens, even when it is kind of brutal, it's it's funny, you know. It's, yeah, it's they not... also they also like shoot it in a way where you don't worry about the physics. Like it's so yeah. mind bending the way yeah. they're constantly moving the camera that you're like, there's no way that that could happen. Exactly. It's just like I don't know. If it, it was, could have, if it was shot super <laughs> yeah. gritty and like realistic, then you'd be like, why did he just flip like? like right. seven feet in the air right this is my other favorite thing was when they like he's he very casually um is talking to Eggsy about like we i know this about you this about you and he was like i i know that you were a savant in gymnastics it's like wait what yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what it's so good like, because I, they set up how he could do all this yeah. stuff and it's amazing yeah i know it makes sense for like the character like what the yeah. character will need to do but it's like for real like yeah. is that something that people hey, like people can be a savant in guys gymnastics. guys on the street are just it's like I gotta go to gymnastics yo, practice. Yo, like, yo. Yeah. Listen, bruv, I'm a savant in gymnastics, bruv. All right, that's my worst Cockney I've ever no, done. Was, you so it. he rocks, he kicks the shit out of those guys. Well, let's skip ahead a little bit. Um, where he goes into training, and they they reference like, have you ever seen Pretty Woman uh, trading places, Nikita? And then he's like, oh, you mean like My Fair Lady? Which is funny because he's Cockney, and so is My Fair Lady, which is a, a little fun inside joke there. Uh, he's looking in the mirror. When he first shows up, because Eggsy kind of doubts himself being a gentleman. Can we play clip number three? What do you see? Someone who wants to know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, that's how. That's what I would say after I, mean, I saw a dude just wreck people with an umbrella. For real. You know? For real. After I was, like, all the things that happened, after he was in jail and called a number on the back of a medallion, and all yeah. of a sudden he's out of jail. And yeah. Some old dude just whooped six bullies' asses in a bar. Yeah. Amnesia darted a bartender. That's the pr- appropriate response. Yeah. Because I think often in movies they don't do that. They're like, this is so cool. I think people would be like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. This is awesome, but I don't know what's going on. It's like uh, like the Men in Black yeah. beginning <laughs> where he's like, what I just showed you, if you want any part of this. And he's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, so he goes. So then we get Sam Jackson talking to a silhouette of Obama. And uh, this, that was that was another part where I was like, we, all right, just show Obama then. Yeah. Like, you don't we don't need this. Was, I thought it was hilarious. But so Sam Jackson is going around recruiting world leaders for something. We're not really sure yet. Can we play clip number four? Because the last time I checked, the planet was still fucked. So this let's just let's just get into I want to play a couple sound clips uh, just while we're talking about the motive, because I think the the best thing about. Um, a, a spy movie is when the villain has a good motive and a fun end-of-world scenario. And I think it's hard to come up with a unique original one that's not, we got the codes to the nukes, or how many superhero movies, even though I love most of the superhero movies that come out, how many of them end with a fucking lightning ray going to the sky with a cloud of debris? Right, it's like right. that you have to take out the one mothership. And this... His, let's just. I think I have a, a, a sound clip of his manifesto, and it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Can we play clip B three? What? Oh, I emailed it to you. Maybe you didn't get that. Sound. Check. Uh, check the later email. We'll, we'll keep talking. That's all right. I have four clips in there. It's okay. We'll figure it out. Uh, basically, his manifesto is that um, that there's global warming, and that it's that the body heats up. When you're, when you're sick and you have a fever to mm-hmm. fight the virus. Mm-hmm. And humankind is a virus on our planet, and global warming is, it, he, is the planet trying to fight off the virus. So he's proposing a mass uh, depopulation of the planet via these SIM cards that he's... And it's brilliant, too, because who wouldn't take free internet and free cell phones sure. right now? Sure, And I think... No he- one would question... If Mark Zuckerberg came out right now and was like, I'm going to give you guys free internet and free cell phones. We've made enough money with Facebook. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, I think after seeing this movie, I would be like, eh, yeah, maybe, no thanks. Maybe I'll just keep paying there, for it. Yeah, I have Spectrum. Uh, I, 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 okay. I have Spectrum. Did you find him, Steve? It's okay. if. Uh... So I, 
No worries, no worries. B3, I just explained, so you can put the other ones in. It's no problem. Yeah, so I think the gist of what he says also is that, like, either when a, when a virus happens, uh, so he's saying either the virus will kill the host or the host yes. will kill the virus. And either way, the end, and either way everything... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of true with what's going on right yeah. now. Like, our planet cannot sustain us. Yes. So I'm not advocating <laughs> this kind of thing. Nope. Maybe colonizing Mars. That'd be cool. <laughs> let's, do some, let's do some space travel first. Okay, let's, let's try some, some other stuff. Let's try some other stuff before we go to this extreme before Valentine. Say citizens kill everyone. You know, but it, 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 is, it is a motive where you at least understand the logic behind what the villain is doing, even if the means he's, the way he's going about things d- is, is deplorable and, and, sure. and awful. Sure. It's cool that, like, um, so he's introduced as a villain. We know that he is the villain. Um, but he's also a character that, like, no one in the movie perceives to be a villain. No. He's, uh, he has these... He's a billionaire uh, philanthropist. Yeah, these virtues that um, everyone knows him it's for. It's basically as if Al Gore went nuts after yeah. an inconvenient sequel and was like, you know what? Fuck all of you. No one's listening. Uh, the EPA is being rolled back. Everything. The administration sucks right now. Mm-hmm. Coal's coming back. Are you fucking kidding me? And right. he just goes, "You know what? I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna give everybody free free film cards." Is that, is that your Al Gore? <laughs> I was. I tried. I went out on a. All right. Can you do Channing Tatum Channing doing Tatum Al Gore? Doing Al Gore? I'm just going to give everyone a free SIM card. <laughs> there we go. Ah, oh, your Channing Tatum it always is. makes me laugh. There it is. So uh, it's, a, it's a motive that makes sense. And he's going around recruiting celebrities. They keep saying, like, Iggy Azalea is missing. That, I love that. <laughs> they and they just re- randomly were like, Iggy Azalea, we haven't seen her in a while. <laughs> Which is so great because, I mean, no one has yeah. really lately Where's in real life. Um, but so what happens, though, uh, Mark Hamill plays the professor. He gets recruited. Harry goes and finds him. And as he's about to give away something, his neck starts glowing and then his brain and head explodes all over harry harry's like blinded and disoriented and these guys come in and he throws his grenade lighter and then he's knocked out in a coma for a little while while we do the training which by the way the skydiving sequence is so good in it's the training tremendous because a lot of times skydiving sequences look really hokey and this movie does a good job of you can tell it didn't have the biggest budget on the planet but it still makes because of its style it makes up for some of the the green screen stuff that they hide it really well yeah. in this movie. They, it also like um, I don't know how long it takes to skydive, but they it's the longest fall ever. They hung, we hung with them for like the whole thing. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. that wasn't an edited skydive. Yeah. That was like we're we're just here and we're and the whole premise is that you. they're all they have to dive and hit this target and uh, not get on. And if you miss the target, you're on the radar and you're out. Yeah. And um, then he throws in Merlin, aka Mark Strong, who's one of the biggest badasses out there. Uh, he says, um, one of you doesn't have a parachute. And so they're all panicking. And of course, everybody shits the bet on it, except for um, the three leads that we've been following, Char- Charlie, Roxy, and, and, uh, and Harry, um, Eggsy. And then it turns out they all had a parachute. Yeah. Which yeah. I almost pulled that sound clip because I love it when he's like, uh-uh, you have a complaint, you come here and whisper it in my ear. And I was like, that's such a great line. Yes. Could you imagine that just being like so authoritative that it's like, like... You have a complaint, you come in and whisper it in my ear. I would, yeah, I would be like, fuck off. No, I'm all no, right. I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to stay from over here because <laughs> you sound, it sound like you're about to be violent. You sound like I you're going to be super violent. Any part of that, yeah. So, uh, we got to, did you get um, clip, uh, the clip B1? Uh, Let's do B1 because this is great. This is where this movie basically uh, shows, its, shows its card, says, like, hey, this is how we're going to be in case you aren't caught up. About an hour in, they're like, in case you haven't figured this out yet. This is how we how we play. B1. You like spy movies, Mr. DeVere? Nowadays, they're all a little serious for my taste. <laughs> the sure. old ones. Yeah. Marvelous. Give me a far-fetched theatrical plot any day. <laughs> the old Bond movies. Oh, man. Oh, when I was a kid, that was my dream job. Gentleman spy. I always felt the old Bond films were only as good as the villain. As a child, I rather fancied a future as a colorful megalomaniac. What a shame we both had to grow up. What a shame we had to both grow up. <laughs> How, this is also what I love about these kind of movies, where they give a plausible reason for the main bad guy and the main good guy to face off and have a tete-a-tete, like a cool uh, verbal sparring before the violence kicks in and yeah. before the fighting kicks in. And they get this twice in this movie, and it's yeah. so fun. And it's, it's basically they like They always a, think they have the upper hand on each other. Yeah. 
like a like a touch gloves moment, it's like so in good. a boxing match where they right before There's they start beating the shit now. out of each other, they're just There's like not, that's like when when you have a built up relationship between the villain and the hero, uh, or the hero's mentor, then the showdown at the end has that much more weight. When it's like you wait till the end of the movie to see the two fight, like. Um, there's there's tons of movies like a Wonder Woman's one of my favorite movies of the year, but I don't want to spoil it. But the the villain that comes up towards the end, it's just like it kind of comes out of left field, and it's a cool reveal. But there hasn't been that that they I guess there I guess there is. They they earned it to a degree. Don't get me wrong. I loved Wonder Woman. I just think the villains weren't as well developed, and I, and that's something that's really important to me in mm-hmm. in movies. Now I feel like I'm going to get attacked. It's in my top five. Wonder Woman's in my top five this year. I just think the villains were a little uh, underdeveloped. I love Chris Pine and, and Gal Gadot. Uh, did, did everyone hear how he said Chris Pine first? Oh Jesus, that's not what I meant. Oh, shit, Gal Gadot is my favorite. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Anyways, so let's play clip number five because this is when he's uh, Sam Jackson is pissed off because he really loved Luke Skywalker. Fuck that guy, whoever he is. I'm gonna... Made me kill Professor Arnold. Goddamn love Professor Arnold. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's so good. And then he's explaining this really elaborate machine that he's, this, that he's built where he's getting his hand imprinted on it so only he can set this off. Because, and that's the thing. He also has a responsibility as a villain. He takes responsibility for his own actions. Yeah. Like only he is going to make this decision. He doesn't want this falling into the wrong hands or a second-in-command like in The Rock. You know, he's not going to pull an Ed Harris on this where for somebody sure. can call a mutiny, where Gazelle can call a mutiny and do it. And so play clip number six, please. This is an extremely dangerous machine. It should only be operated by someone as responsible and sane as me. I think you pulled that clip just for all the lifting in it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Fun, it was just, I should have named that clip Lisps. Lots of S's. Lisp. But I love that. And I love the, um, when Harry takes Eggsy to the, um, to the, the gadget room, and you got all these sweet weapons. You got the lighter that explodes. You have the electroshock uh, pinky ring. You have a, a, the the blade in the shoe that has poison on it. Yeah. There's all these amazing Bond type gadgets, and then they show like the iPads and smartphones that are our current technology, and they're like, no, the the real world has caught up to spy technology with that. And so it's like they had iPads decades before right, us, right, which right. is just great. It's so it's so great. And then um, the, we talked about the Taylor sequence. I gotta skip ahead a little bit because we only got about ten minutes. Unless we have a couple minutes to spare, let me know in the booth, Steve. Um, I feel like this is every week. Every, every week. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> in the Taylor scene, can we play clip number seven? Oh, I have trouble understanding you people sometimes. You all talk so funny. You know, it's funny, when I watched Billy Elliot as a kid, mm-hmm. my mom and dad did not like the movie because they couldn't understand their accents. And recently, um, my in-laws watched a Jim Jeffries stand-up special and, again, couldn't understand their accents. And both times they were like, Oh, I have trouble understanding you people sometimes. You all talk so funny. And I'm like, they don't talk that funny. No. Actually, they talk kind of more proper than us. They talk regular. I get it if it's like the Scottish, like a Scottish, thick Scottish, like, oh, and you're like, I don't know what That's, that was. Or even like super cockney, like, or like pikey, like Brad in, Pitt. In, in, in Pike, like the yeah. pikey Brad, Pitt, Brad Pitt's character in Snatch. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's tough. You know, or Arse Face on Preacher, if you've seen that, where they subtitle him. There you go. Uh, you know, I'm just throwing out stupid just, re- you know let's just spend the rest know, of the show list the people who talk funny yeah, so, but that's the thing it's like i or accents that are strong but that's why i was like mom and dad you do what jim jeffries doesn't talk that he just has an australian accent right he's it's still saying english words whatever anyway so parents from what i understand they just don't understand they, hey. damn it oh i second, stole that shit second will smith did i steal reference? that were you gonna no. say that uh, oh okay uh, okay uh, okay uh, uh. So then uh, the greatest scene ever, which I, I don't want to go into too much detail because it's an incredible, incredible sequence and you just have to witness it, is the, the scene where Harry goes because he gets a lead that there's something going to happen at this basically Westboro Baptist church yep. where they're, they're a hate group and they're saying the most vile shit on earth. So they set up, before Harry kills everyone in this church, they set up that these are the most awful human beings on the planet. They're saying the most racist, sexist uh, just anti-gay, anti-everything statements you could imagine. Which I can't imagine the guy that got cast as this preacher. Poor guy. Like, what was his? Aud- what were the auditions that day? Just spewing the worst just, things. What were the preparations for the auditions? Watching like, Trump speak. Just like a dude <laughs> oh, in I his apartment. I yeah. did it. Damn, Damn it! I well, did it. 
Damn it. We listen. We're not. We tried. But that isn't politics. You're talking about Trump, the businessman. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, we're not talking <laughs> exactly. about politics. Anyways, but it just—it's the craziest, most vile shit. And then, so they set up that. Who cares what happens, right? Yeah. And when they turn up this the, the SIM cards, we watch for the first time what's going to happen if this gets unleashed. And Harry goes full on feral, just like Wolverine berserker rage on everyone to Freebird by Leonard Skinner. And it's one of the greatest sequences I've ever seen in an action movie. It's so phenomenal. And it took me probably a quarter of the sequence to realize what was happening because they don't set up no. what Sam Jackson's no. plan is or like what the fuck is happening right yeah. now. He just like our good guy starts killing and then everybody else starts murdering. Yeah. yeah, and they're all fighting each other. But um, so he he's, he's the best is when he like shoves a, the lighter into a dude and then throws him against the the altar and the guy like full he hits so hard his like body crumbles. Yeah. Like he breaks all spine and neck and then his body explodes he pulls off another pole and shoves it in the guy, the main preacher's neck, and the guy's like sliding down, an axe to the neck. You just have to see it; it's too much to explain. He he, and it's made to look like one shot. And he runs out of clips. Like that's my favorite because oh, you know when like people just have yeah. unlimited bullets he in their handgun, the, and he takes the clip and he shoves the parts of the gun in a guy's neck. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's so good. Um, but so right before that, right yes, before that you. happens, thank he's uh, he's wanting to leave the church and. This woman won't let him out because they're in the middle of service. And to get out, he says, I think it's clip eight. Clip eight. I'm a Catholic whore, currently enjoying Congress out of wedlock with my black Jewish boyfriend who works in a military abortion clinic. <laughs> so hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the best is, so hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. Yeah. The reason this movie is even better is because of how dry and and british the humor is yes. like it's perfect that d- line is delivered perfectly and whoever knew colin firth could be such a badass action hero because he proves it in this scene and it's fantastic he's phenomenal oh my god i'm running out of words for colin and firth. uh can we play clip number b2 because this is after the shootout happens when he has a little square off with uh another one of his his verbal sparring before getting shot in the face by sam jackson you know what this is like it's like those old movies we both love now I'm going to tell you my whole plan, and then I'm going to come up with some absurd and convoluted way to kill you, and you'll find an equally convoluted way to escape. Sounds good to me. Well, this ain't that kind of movie. And now that they, they've revealed in the trailer, spoiler, 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 if you haven't it's seen the trailer, trailer yeah. that Harry's still alive, watching it again, I realize how he could be. Because Sam Jackson looks away before he shoots him in the face. Right. And they make it look like it just grazes the side, and then no one checks to see if he's dead. Sure. They just walk off. So having seen the trailer first before I saw the trailer for the sequel before I saw this movie, I saw that he was alive, and I thought he was going to come back in this movie. So I was... I had like my own yeah. surprise yeah. Um, of him like just... They they assume that he's dead the whole time. Seeing it before the, the second one... When he gets shot, it's it's shocking. When you don't know he's... Sure. You're just like... Renee and I were both like... I think Renee went like, Oh, no! Because yeah. you love his character. And I was I remember thinking during that church scene, I was like, how are they going to redeem him after this? Like, he just brutally murdered all these people. Like, how do you walk away from that? It's not like a Wolverine comic where it's like, oh, I was under mind control, and they kind of gloss over it and retcon and stuff. But like yeah. this, it's like, how do you... like? justify to an audience this and then they shoot him in the head and i'm like oh okay there you go but now we'll see well, in the sequel. But, and, and also like this is something they did that movies don't do is that he's the he's like him and eggsy are the main protagonists yeah. but him like he is the one that sets the table yeah and in the middle of the movie he's the moral he, compass too yeah in the middle of the movie he goes into a coma and then in the end of the movie he goes on a killing spree and is shot to death you never and never he, seen that i mean yeah like why would a movie do that it's it it's broke so, so many rules so of the film good. but it, like it just made this structure so so fun to watch so eggsy suits up he uh it's eggsy merlin and roxy together they go off to the snow mountain uh sam jackson's bum because they have a two two hour countdown and everybody's really somber and gazelle's like maybe it's because you're about to commit mass genocide that everybody feels bad right. and it's basically all the elite all the rich people all the most powerful people it has a cool class struggle uh, metaphor where they show like all the working class about to get totally fucked over by this and all the rich are up in their high, their mountain castle living it up mm-hmm. and Sam Jackson tries to rally the troops with clip number nine hey, yo. everybody lifting up hello, hello what the fuck is wrong with you people <laughs> I just want to remind you that today 
is a day of celebration. Celebration. <laughs> there you go. Your favorites. Too much. Uh, we got to keep going because we only have two minutes left. Uh, Eggsy shows up, orders a drink in the best way, and not not a martini shake and not stirred. Mm-mm. Can we have Eggsy's drink order number ten? Martini, gin, not vodka, obviously. Stirred for ten seconds while glancing at an unopened bottle of vermouth. <laughs> <laughs> so good while glancing at an unopened bottle of vermouth is fantastic. It's the best way to phrase it. This is ridiculous. Uh, let's play taking a piss number eleven. Are you taking the fucking piss? I'm afraid not. Which, by the way, when a British person first said that to me, I was like, no, I already went. I'm good. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that means, like, are you fucking with me? I love that phrase. I would rather say that than are you fucking with me, because it sounds... Why are phrases in, in, in British vernacular so much more classy? Like, taking the piss is way more classy than... Do you feel like taking a piss is a classy phrase? You know what? Now that you say it, now that you say it, I am corrected. I stand corrected. Maybe it's just the accent, it's, guys. It, I love the accent. It's more fun. It's more I fun. Would say it's that. more fun. There yeah, we go. For sure. Can we pl- we gotta keep moving along? Uh, but so there's this awesome action sequence in the end. Gazelle and, and Eggsy fight, and it's fucking fantastic. You should just watch it. And then he ends up killing her with a poison uh, cut. And it's just the it, the ballet of it. It's like a ballet with her bouncing around. And she's, I think, a real gymnast or, or uh, she's trained in this shit. And she's blown up since then. She's been in Star Trek, Mummy, uh, Atomic Blonde. Anyways, let's play clip number 12, which is them taking the Bond innuendo to 11. If you save the world, we can do it in the asshole. <laughs> I like, I like that. It's a, a question. question. Yeah. It's a question. Anyways. He's slightly up inflection. Uh, so then he impales Sam Jackson with, the, with Gazelle's leg. And as Sam Jackson's dying, can we play the final clip we have time for, B4? Oh, man. The part where you say something really bad, huh? It's like you said to Harry. This ain't that kind of movie, bro. Yes. Nice. Huh. To me, that's the perfect way to end the show because it's the perfect way to end the movie. Yeah. And then we get a, a butt shot, but you know, whatever. <laughs> then, which is, you know, also a perfect sure, way to, end, to end this movie. Yeah. And then we get the great rede- redemption moment of him wrecking his his uh, stepdad with the same way Harry did, and we get the full arc of him becoming a Kingsman. Yeah. This movie, I cannot recommend this enough. If you haven't seen Kingsman, well, we just ruined it for you. So I hope you saw it before watching this episode. But uh, go see the new one. I'm going to see it this weekend, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I'll let you know after I've seen it, so don't fucking spoil it for me if you see it before me. I have a kid. I can't go opening day, all right? But, uh, Jesse, where can they find you? You can before find next time? me on Twitter and Instagram at Too Much Jesse for Sketch at The Prom Losers. You can find me at The Ben Begley. You can find us at, at Guilty Movie Guys. Tweet us your suggestions. We're always down. Like we said last week, it only takes two votes. That's, we have a low bar. And until next time, remember, manners maketh man. Citizen Kane. Yes, yes. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Underbauer, Phil Spitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.